0: Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of Prairie Dumpster, hosted by me, this guy, Tyler Penner. Tyler Penner, hosting Prairie Dumpster, the, man, 398,469th best podcast in the GD universe, and can't nobody tell me different. We're climbing in the rankings. We really are climbing rapidly in the rankings uh, of podcast. And I've said it before, and just to catch other people up, if you're a new subscriber, uh, we got a new subscriber on Spotify. We got one new subscriber on YouTube. We got one new subscriber to the Patreon. This thing is blowing up. Pretty soon I won't need any of you motherfuckers anymore. You'll be worms beneath the heel of my boot. And that crunching sound, it'll, you know, come to my attention at some point. I'll be like, what's that noise? And I'll look down and, and oh, it's the, it's the skulls uh, cracking open. The skulls of anyone who's ever doubted me for even one goddamn second. I'll be like, oh, that's your skull popping open. Oops, I didn't notice it. And by the next step, I will have already forgotten about you. That's just how it is. And it's going to happen rapidly. This podcast is blowing up. Uh, but in case you don't know, um, in case you just uh, subscribed, we always, we rank this podcast. I always rank myself and uh, in comparison with everyone else. I compare myself all the time. How am I doing compared to that guy? How am I doing compared to, to that guy or that guy? And it's very healthy for me. It's mentally and emotionally the right thing to do is to make sure that you're on track by comparing yourself to other people. Fuck what they say online. This is a competition. Life is a competition. And if you can't measure up in your artistic and creative endeavors, that's when you need to go buy a gun and you need to, uh, get an edge on the competition. If you know what I mean, bang, bang. Um, don't do that. Don't do that. I might have impressionable listeners. Don't do that. Don't compare yourself to others. You're doing fine. But here on the podcast, we do compare ourselves to others. And, uh, out of about a million podcasts, there's probably a million podcasts out there in the world. This one, I would say 300, top 300,000, top 400,000. In terms of quality, we're top 10. But in terms of overall presentation, um, we're top 20. In terms of recognition, we're top 900,000. You average those three Variables together, and you get a mean score of 396,469. So, yeah, we're, we're, dude, we're doing it. Slow and steady. Consistency. All right. Consistency. It's a marathon, it's not a sprint. I'll be doing this podcast when I'm fucking 50 which is in two months, um, again, and, and following in the um, footsteps of every other episode we've done. We've done zero to little to no to nilch preparatory work, and, um, and I like that. No notes, understand? There's not even notes. We don't even have subjects of what we're going to talk about today. I think I might cover a couple of things. I'm going to mention something that Cat Williams said, seeing as how the world is blowing up um, about Cat Williams. Cat Williams is the talk of the town these days because he went on a podcast and absolutely buried the world. He just went out and just scorched earth policy, shat on every... I would say almost every one of his contemporaries, contemporaries, whatever his peers, people are who, who are in the grind with him. And he, um, shat on a lot of the industry and he got into some Illuminati weird cabal shit. Um, he brought in the devil. There's God and the devil. I don't know what he's doing, but I gotta say, I kind of like it. I like how Hollywood and the entertainment industry is so goddamn fake that literally when one person even kind of half keeps it real, everyone shits their pants. It's like the craziest thing ever. Not to say that Cat Williams necessarily kept it real, real. I'm sure that some of his opinions are total bullshit. He pulled it out of his ass. Um, Some of the stories he said, probably total bullshit. Some of them. Some of them half truths, some of them probably completely true. But the fact that he's not just smiling, yeah, 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 and just going through the motions. I wish everyone luck. I wish everyone a good time. I hope everyone does good. Man, he was a really nice guy. He's not playing that. He says, he calls it like how he sees it. And it's really refreshing. He actually did. I love those loose cannons. That's how Trump got elected, really. I mean, he just was just started shooting the shit, just started saying stuff that people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Politicians don't normally talk like this. They don't openly talk about how the system's rigged, they don't openly admit to abusing the financial system. Trump was like, fuck that. System's corrupt. It's a sewer. And why? Because I'm crawling around in that sewer, grabbing cockroaches by the pussy. And, um, you know, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. It's almost like we're coming to a crescendo where, um, people are so tired of other people being fake and the industry being fake that now even keeping it half real is seen as like, oh, shocking. And I'm not talking about keeping it Will Smith real. Will Smith is a, um. that was an example of a um a man dealing with his own insecurities in the worst way possible uh the, the fakest uh, but 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 again people being fake no one came to chris's aid chris just kind of stayed there and was a professional about it and was like "Ha wow i can't believe he slapped me um it, it would have been nice to see him um, clap back, but in that situation you don't know what to do. You've got five thousand people staring at you. Your natural reaction is to just be like, Okay, let's just uh, get over that. Only later, I can guarantee you, Chris Rock spent a few months seething with rage that he didn't knock Will Smith the fuck out right then and there. But Chris Rock was too in the situation to react. I don't know why I'm covering this now. This is fucking years old. Yeah, cool. Dad, this is me being topical and relevant. But anyways, he was in the moment. A third party. Some sort of third party should have been in the wings. Being like, no, fuck that. We're not playing that shit. And then get up and get in Will Smith's face. be like, fuck you. you. You little beta cuck motherfucker. What, he makes a harmless joke about your wife? He makes one harmless joke about your wife. And because you're just racked with insecurity of your wife getting dicked down from half the industry. Now you're going to get up. Now you're going to prove yourself. You're going to prove your balls to the world. You're going to prove it to yourself that you're a man. By what? By slapping a comedian? Fuck you, bitch. Stand the fuck up. I'll fuck you up right now. You know, someone should have done that. Someone should have gotten Will Smith's face. Street level shit, you know. But no one did because everyone's used to being fake as hell Hollywood it's a fake as shit no one's keeping it real anymore and why not because I I, you know and and I I get it I get that no one's really keeping it real and saying what they really think because look at Cat Williams I mean that guy is um, I mean he's being he's not being attacked from all sides He's actually probably rejuvenated his career, not that it needed rejuvenating. He's one of those guys that, like, low-key no one really notices. He's not in the daily tabloids or anything like that. TMZ's not watching his every move and shit like that. But he's low-key just making a shit ton of money, and he's low-key super famous. It's kind of weird. He's low-key super famous. Um, but now he's high key, super famous. Now he's in the, he, now he's, you know, he had his fan base, which is huge fan base, super successful, Netflix specials all over the place, sell out tours really anytime he wants. But now he's a household name. He's like, uh, he's in for the last couple of days, he's been in like people's, uh, lexicon, um, as much as, uh, like Taylor Swift is you know what i mean people talk about taylor swift at fucking safeway loading up on chicken chicken fingers do you hear taylor swift dating kelsey she was at the gang the other day yeah totally oh man they never had the right kind of chicken fingers yeah i know but anyways taylor swift every day people are talking about her cat williams was never that guy no one's at safeway and in the bread aisle Thinking about Cat Williams. You have to look up Cat Williams to give a shit about Cat Williams, honestly. I mean, that's just how it is. For most people. For most people. Not his fans. His fans love him. And he's a funny dude, dude. That guy's funny as shit. But now, over the past couple of days, he is, uh, whew. He's the talk of the town. And all he did was really just keep it real and give his opinion on shit. Literally all he did. He's like, that guy's a bitch. That guy sucks. No, that guy's full of shit. He's not funny. That guy's not funny. He called out Joe Rogan and his little crew for not being funny. And um, wow, I got to say, whether you agree with him or not, it is refreshing that someone's just keeping it real. Can you imagine if everyone did that? Can you imagine if everyone would do that? Ryan Gosling's just on TV, he's just not with TMZ. He's just like, yeah, I was on Ellen. She's like nice on stage, then you go back, she's a fucking huge bitch. She's super cold. I hated her. And her whole thing is just so fake, it's hard to concentrate when you're talking about that. Fuck Ellen. Fuck that bitch. Imagine if Ryan Gosling even half said close to that. This world would blow up. If Ryan Gosling kept it real for one fucking second, the world would blow up. If Taylor Swift kept it real for one second, the world would blow up. She'd be like, yeah, I met Justin Bieber. He was fucking wasted and he tried to grope me. And then, um, I don't know, I got bad vibes off him. He's a great singer, but I don't know. He's kind of a douche. The world would explode. You know? People would blow their own heads off because they couldn't handle the realness. And then Justin Bieber would clap back and be like, no, that bitch is full of herself. I never tried to grope her. Do you know how many models I have on me? Trust I know Taylor Swift's like a big deal, but like, I don't give a shit. I'm a big deal. So who gives, I'm not groping her. And yeah, I was wasted, but like, I, I mean, whatever. I think I touched her arm. Uh, Just to get her attention because I was trying to talk to her. I was uh, politely telling her that she was about to spill my drink. Because newsflash, Taylor Swift was also fucking wasted. And that was the argument. People just keeping it real. Just like regular people do on a regular basis. The world would explode. Just from a little bit of realness. That's how fake Hollywood is. And I I didn't mind anything Cat Williams had to say, except for the fact that at one point in the interview with Shannon Sharp, who's a pretty good host, honestly, I was impressed with Shannon Sharp's hosting. He just sat back and he wasn't trying to, uh, I mean, Cat Williams is really taking over. Good on Shannon Sharp for being like, "Eh, fucking go for it. Run with it. He was trying to squeeze questions in here and there. But for the most part, he's like, hey, man, let's let this little fucking hamster Run on the wheel. I don't give a shit. Have at it. Good on Shannon Sharp. A lot of interviewers, me especially, I would have probably cut Cat Williams off. I'd be like, yeah, but Cat, wait, let me talk. It's my show. I want attention. Shannon Sharp didn't give a shit. He was like, this guy is going fucking batshit right now. This guy is literally losing his mind and canceling himself. Go for it. Um, So what was I going to say? Yeah, the one thing I did object to uh, Cat Williams saying is that he read 3,000 books in a year. 3,000 books a year from the time he was 8 years old. That's what he claimed at one point. And I know he's like a genius. He's like a Mensa dude. He's like apparently like... Seriously, high IQ, I get it. Even if he's high IQ, those numbers can't be right. 3,000 books a year? Fuck out of here, cat. Come on, man. I was telling my buddies, I'm like, at least fucking, at least say a plausible number. 300 books a year would be astounding. That'd be believable and incredibly impressive. That's a book a day. That is already genius level. That's not good enough for Cat. Cat's got to raise it up to 10 books a day. Get come get the fuck out of here. 3,000 divided by 365 equals. So you're reading eight books a day, Cat. reading eight books a day. I mean, come on. I'm not buying that. The average book takes from anywhere from two to six hours to read. Let's say you're a genius, and we'll cut that in half. One to three um, hours per bulk. Now, you're reading eight of those. That's eight to 24 hours of doing nothing but reading all day, every day. I mean, when are you showering? When were you planning your comedy act? Come on, man. I'm not buying that at all. Even if you're one of those... Let's look this up the world's fastest reader they, they used to have those infomercials on tv with the uh world's fastest reader right and he would pull out a book and he was just like let me figure this out i'm reading the trial by kafka it's uh it's okay i don't really understand it um he was like this he'd be like this it was like an infomercial on tv of how to improve your reading skills or whatever and that's all he did he's like okay so wow so how did you develop the skill he's like well it's actually quite uh it's quite easy you just uh, read every 10th word and if you read every 10th word you kind of do understand the gist of the book and he would just be like And the guy was like, okay, cool. Wow, that's really impressive. So what's the book about? He's like, I have no idea. I don't know. And I was like, dad, can we buy this? My dad was like, no. But even if you're that guy, even if you're the world's fastest reader, cat, give me a fucking break, dude. You're not reading eight books a day, over eight books a day. So that's the thing I took umbrage with. Everything else in the interview I thought was great. Even the Illuminati cabal thing. Even that theory about uh, Hollywood executives um, mandating that uh, black actors uh, wear dresses and shit. I don't know why they would do that. But Dave Chappelle... uh, Mentioned that too in an interview with Oprah how it's a coincidental how a lot of uh, um, a lot of black actors are like in comedy roles are like okay in this scene you're going to play a woman you're going to wear a dress with makeup it's going to be hilarious and um, how often they try to do this and even Dave Chappelle was like no I'm not doing that and Cat Williams was not doing that But if you want to make it in Hollywood, apparently they want you to dress like a woman. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Cat Williams is concerned that Hollywood is uh, forcing an LGBT agenda. Maybe it's just a way of the white man to put a boot on the black man. I don't know. Both are equally plausible. Um. But that being said, the kids in the hall, they they all dressed in drag, and I don't think anyone was forcing them to do. It was just funny. It is a funny comedy thing sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, the detective. Uh-oh, how's he going to get out of this situation? Uh-oh, he's stuck in the closet with the robbers in the house. Oh, no, what's going to happen? He puts on the dress, puts on the wig, comes out, get out of my house, you. And the robbers are like, oh, no, let's get out of here. Mom's home. And then the audience is like, <laughs> And then they make a lot of money with it. So I don't know what Cat Williams is talking about. But talking shit about other comedians, uh, I don't know why the world is so shocked at that. (laughs) I mean, comedians talk some shit. If you're not talking shit about other comics, you're not a comic. Talking shit is, is... That's a rite of passage, man. I love talking shit. And not mean, hateful shit, but I mean, if someone, you know, we're talking shit. What do you want? What do you want? That's comics. Comics do that. Shooting the shit. And everyone else does it in the office. If you're in the office, you you work in HR. You don't think Kelly and Shelly are talking shit about jelly or belly? nah. Stella? Sort of. Everyone's talking shit, man. Everyone's talking shit. So It's funny. The world's just blowing up at Cat Williams, but he kept it real. What do you want? He said what he thought. You're not supposed to do that. Everything in Hollywood is so fucking fake. It's annoying. It's gross. Hence my next bit of preparatory work. Which is uh, Joe Coy? Was it? Was his name? Yeah, Joe Coy. His uh, monologue at the Golden Globes last night. Jesus Christ! What a debacle! I mean, I just was catching up on YouTube. I would never watch the Golden Globes. I mean, who the fuck is watching the Golden Globes? If you're not in the industry and you're if you're not actively getting paid to cover. The Golden Globes, who in the fuck would watch the Golden Globes to sit there and watch a ceremony? To sit there and watch them hand out awards to people for movies that we already saw? Who the fuck is watching that? If you're watching the Golden Globes, if you sat down with popcorn and you're actually uh, invested in, In who is going to receive a golden globe? Dude, turn your TV off. Take that popcorn and go to the mirror. And just eat the popcorn in the mirror. And just be like, what is this? How did... Is this okay? How can we improve this? It blows my mind that anybody was actually watching this for kicks. But hey, sometimes shit happens um, and you get to witness a uh, terrible monologue like the one Joe Coy delivered yesterday. It was awful. It really was. And no offense to Joe Coy. I don't really know um, his comedy or anything like that. I'm sure he's funny in the club or something, but holy shit, he just bombed last night. He had a rough set. That was it, it, He bombed. And uh, I've never seen the guy before. I've never seen him before. But I didn't like his energy. I didn't like his delivery. And that's I didn't like it. I'm like everyone else. I did not enjoy it. But I didn't enjoy... I wouldn't enjoy the Golden Globes anyways. I mean, it doesn't matter who's doing it. The only time... Obviously, the only time I enjoyed it was when Ricky Gervais did it. And he did such a good job. No one will really ever top that. That was the first where he was just roasting. And it was kind of, uh, you know... He was keeping it real. He made, I mean, his jokes were real. That's why, again, it broke the fucking world because he Ricky Gervais was joking about real shit, treated these people like real people and busted their balls a bit. And the people flipped the fuck out. But Ricky Gervais can get away with it. He had that charming British... um charming british uh swagger you know he's like oh no no i, just, I don't understand just like, well, what are we doing you know what i mean that's like funny it's it's cute joe coy no he can't pull that off not for a goddamn second every time he made a joke that was like a little risque which nothing was it was all real you know family friendly pussy material um every time he would say he'd be like <laughs> he did that little like. He hee laugh, like I just said something naughty. <laughs> and um and then the camera would go to the crowd, and for the most part, it got a lot of those fake reactions where the star that just got roasted. It was like, yeah, ha ha ha. Oh, ha ha. Um only a couple of people kept it real. Ryan Gosling kept it real. Ryan Gosling is the man, dude. Uh, fuck, I love that guy. Ryan Gosling was, he just kept it real. He was he was like this. You know, not angry, not offended, just not funny. I'm not gonna laugh. I'm sorry, dude. I'm not going to laugh at that shitty joke you just made about me. It just it 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 didn't land. What do you want? Kept it real. Taylor Swift too. Everybody props to Taylor Swift. Everyone said, like, ooh, Taylor Swift, angry, upset, about rude, inoffensive joke. Oh, my God. Wow, that was inappropriate. Taylor Swift didn't like that one. I don't think Taylor Swift was angry or offended by anything. She just didn't find it funny. And she she's too fucking rich and powerful to fake laugh at the Golden Globes. Are you kidding me? She was the most powerful person in that room. She's got enough money. She could have had Joe Coy executed on stage in broad daylight. Her net worth would have improved. She doesn't give a fuck about Joe Coy. Doesn't know who he is or what he does or if he lives or dies. He, she doesn't care. He, so the joke sucked. It was and it, the joke did suck. This this place. The only the main difference between this and the NFL. Uh, there's gonna be less shots of Taylor Swift here. And Taylor Swift just like, yeah, we. You said my name. Congratulations, we and took a swig of champagne. Fucking boss shit. Really well done. Well played. The joke sucked. So they were keeping it real. Meryl Streep was her usual fake self. Disappointed to see Martin Short beside her, being uh, you know, just like. <laughs> Just completely, yeah, come on man, you don't laugh at that. When you're at home and you're in your bedroom window and you're looking outside and you look down at the street and some guy slips on a banana peel, I mean, that. Those are. that's your real laugh. This Golden Globe shit, that's, give me a break, dude. Anyways, and Martin Short is a legend and I love that guy, but come on, what are we doing here? Meryl Streep looks like just Queen Mother. Oh god, she's just the queen. Fuck off. Get out of here. Who cares? She's a legend. She deer hunter was great, but come on. What do you... you got this entourage around you? Like oh god, I hate that. And then at one point during the monologue, they clipped it show they 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 uh, Joe Coy is up there, he's dying. And then they show a clip of the crowd, and uh, who's, who's sitting there but Jim Gaffigan and Todd Glass? Look, the fuck. You got Gaffigan and Glass in the goddamn audience, and they're sitting there. <laughs> they're just chilling there watching the show. Let fucking Todd Glass host it. I think Jim Gaffigan already hosted once. So I'm not sure. Give it to him again. I know you want to, it's good on you for spreading the wealth, and it's good on you for hiring a comic to host the event. But give it to Maniscalco. You want that family-friendly whatever, but still give it to Maniscalco. I don't know. But whatever. He had a bad set. And I'm going to give him some pointers now, okay? Because I'm a regular host at Rumors Comedy Club here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. So... Joe Coy is most likely listening to this podcast. He's most likely hearing what I'm going to say. So get out your fucking notebook there, Joe, cuz I'm going to give you some tips. Um I'm on the Golden Globes YouTube channel right now. The the top comment is uh dude blamed his writers, blamed the white people in the room, blamed not having time to prepare, blamed the lack of laughs. All with terrible timing. Congrats to everyone involved. Top comment, man. You're getting roasted. Um. Another guy says, this guy gives me confidence that one day I will be able to host the Golden Globes. All I need to do is talk random stuff about random stuff, movies, and people. Thank you, Joe Coy. Another comment, I get as much joy watching a comic completely crush it on stage as I do watching a comic completely bomb on live television in front of all their peers. Truly a performance for the ages. The funniest thing about this whole monologue was the unimpressed looks of everyone in the audience. Uh, the host was laughing at his jokes more than the audience. Jesus Christ, you're getting roasted, you're getting panned, and... Yeah, I... On one hand, I get it. I understand why they're roasting him. But but people, are, for the most part, are morons when it comes to talking about comedy and stuff like that. Like, dude, this guy's fucking idiot. Holy shit, this guy sucks. What the fuck? It's like, okay, you go up there. You fucking try it. You got a bunch of judgmental pricks staring at you like you're an asshole, and you gotta keep it going. It's not easy. So props to Joe Coy. You got through it. But at the same time, I don't know, the energy felt off. There was an energy disparity between the comic and the crowd. Those rich, elitist Hollywood cunts came in there, and clearly they had a chip on their shoulder. I don't think anyone can debate that. He didn't, but but they were ice cold off the top, and you got to thaw them out. You know what I mean? You have to kind of match their energy a little bit. And I'm not telling Joe Coy this. I'm telling the uh, fucking non-comic normies who watch this channel. When you go up on stage, right, and the crowd is ice cold, like at a Rumors Comedy Club, right, and they just ate their nachos, and they're full, and they're sitting there, arms crossed, some guy's on his phone, and I'm like, yeah, the comic's about to go on stage. Everyone's cold. No one really wants to be there, but for some fucking reason they came. The crowd is just dead. You kind of have to match their energy a little bit, all right? Because if they're down here, you got to go down here with them a little bit, and then you join forces, and then you go up together. You rise together. You bridge that gap, and then you take them for the ride, and you take them with you to the places that you want to go. And sometimes they come with you, sometimes they don't. That's a crapshoot, but you got to go down to their level. If they're ice cold, come up there and be like, hey, what's up, guys? Let's keep it chill. Keep it chill. And then slowly you build them up and you build them up. If they're way down here, you can't come in red hot. Otherwise, that's too it's, its too much of a divide. You can't bridge the gap. You know? So the crowd's just sitting there ice cold, and you come up there. Yo, what the fuck is up tonight? Let's go. Let's go. Look at this guy. This guy's like, oh, oh, oh. Don't kill me. Relax, you fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Look at this lady. She's like, you want not toys. Yeah, in a second, bitch. I'm doing something here. <laughs> That's just gonna make the rest of the crowd be like, uh, 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 you know. You kinda gotta keep it chill and then build them up. Uh, which I think is a little bit what joe coy's problem here is that he just didn't quite match their energy he was like and then yeah that guy is right the crowd of the, the the shots of the audience they're all unimpressed i don't think they were in that mood you look at de niro and dicaprio and scorsese's table they're sitting there like a fucking mafia crime family like they're about to whack somebody uh they don't give a shit about joe coy's jokes same with uh, Taylor Swift in the back. You know, she doesn't. She's like, I'm worth billions of dollars. I don't give a fuck about anyone or anything in here. I don't even. What is this again? The Grammys? Ryan Gosling doesn't care. He's an actor. He's been through 15 awards ceremonies. He did not give a shit. He doesn't care. He's heard monologue. They aired Ricky Gervais. This was not the night for Joe Coy. So everyone's roasting Joe Coy. It's like, well, sometimes it is the crowd's fault. I mean, Joe Coy did himself no favors. The the fucking jokes were terrible. You know what? Joe Coy probably would have done himself a few favors or at least, uh, you know, maintained some... uh, He would have retained a lot of respect from the comics. Not that you're allowed to do this, but... If you would have said, you know what, these jokes are not landing. These teleprompters suck right now. Um, I'm bombing. <sighs> but you can't really do crowd work either. Nah, you just got to power through, I guess, and read the teleprompter. I was thinking, well, just do some crowd work. You can't do crowd work. It's the Golden Globes. So you got to read the teleprompter. But um, I don't know. He finished his set and no one slapped him. So there's that. Good for you. But that's a big L for Joe Coy. But he's already hosting the Golden Globes. So, I mean, big L. You you hosted the Golden Globes. That's a W. Um, This guy is impressive. A room full of actors, but it is abundantly clear that they don't like it. Yeah, that's a tough one. No one was even acting. They should have had Ricky Gervais back. Seriously, imagine that him presenting the show and winning a Golden Globe on the same night. Um, Watching this makes me realize just how talented Ricky Gervais actually is. You know what? Honestly. Honestly. I mean, there's some things about Ricky Gervais I don't like, but his Golden Globes hosting... That probably one of the greatest hosting jobs of all time, as controversial as it was, he kept it real and he did it in a charming way. Where, yeah, he was being a total dick to these celebrities, but it made him more likable and in a way it made the celebrities more likable. Especially the ones who laughed it off. Who were just like, oh boy, you got me. You roasted me. Mel Gibson got fucking roasted by Ricky Gervais. Laughed it off. That's how you do it. That's how you get likability. As a Hollywood actor. and get your ass burnt by a comic. Have everyone laugh at you. Point at you. And hey, we're laughing at you. We're making fun of you. And then you'd be like, Ooh, that's a good one. You got me. That's how you do it. And that's how you go from likable to unlikable immediately. Is when you can't take a joke. Uh... Like Will Smith. Anyways, I'm rambling right now, but that's not what this was. This wasn't a matter of Hollywood actors not being able to take jokes. This is just bad jokes. These are just is bad jokes. Let's let's listen to a joke here. It's a finish Oppenheimer in 2025. I was watching Oppenheimer. I loved Oppenheimer. I loved Oppenheimer. I just I just got one complaint. Needed another hour. I felt like it needed some more backstory. My New Year's resolution for 2024 is to finish Oppenheimer in 2025. Like, seriously, it's, I'm almost there. I love Oppenheimers, especially the first season. <laughs> That's so stupid. Oppenheimer! Like, he does four tags for an Oppenheimer was long joke. What's the runtime on Oppenheimer? Let's find that. IMDb. Oppenheimer. Because I got to tell you, I watched it, and that movie you cruised by. That felt like a... What is it? Let's see here. Because I... Uh, yeah, I really... I don't know. Oh, for fuck's sakes. God damn you, IMDb. Oppenheimer... Runtime three hours. It's a three-hour movie. It's not that bad. And then they're like the the the, the camera shows a picture of Rod, uh, you know, sorry, Robert Downey Jr. And Robert's like, and then it shows Killian Murphy, and he's like, ha ha. ha, ha. And then it showed Christopher Nolan, and he's like, okay, you know, it just wasn't that good. But anyways, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. I didn't like it. I'm one of those people who didn't like it. But anyways, we've talked enough about fucking Hollywood. I just didn't like the whole thing. But again, I would never watch this shit. Who the fuck actually watched this? I mean, thanks for people that... You know, I like going over it. I like that there was an incident or something to talk about. But, I mean, this is this is it if it wasn't this uh, it would have been if it was like slightly better it would be the most forgettable thing of all time I mean who in the fuck is watching award ceremonies I don't get it but again you got you got Jim Gaffigan in the crowd hopefully you won one you got Todd Glass in the crowd I don't know Whatever. That is 40 minutes into this bitch already. I'm talking about Hollywood. Let's get back to basics here. This is episode number 42. And we're going to get into numerology and find out what this episode actually means. Okay. In numerology, what... And we're going to check our horoscope. We're going to do a bunch of stupid shit. I think I'm going to get tarot cards. I really think I'm going to get tarot cards. Because you trust the deck. I was raised a small town Christian. Tarot cards are viewed as witchcraft. They are viewed as conjuring the devil. They are, You're playing with demons. You're playing with the devil and with demons. But I kind of already did that when I was fucking around with the I Ching. Those are Chinese demons. You know what I mean? And you're rolling the dice and you're making out hexagrams. It's all very demonic. And so I don't see what the harm is in me dicking around with tarot cards. You know what I mean? I mean, they are real. Everything but tarot cards is real. But uh, I don't see the harm in it. Sure, I get possessed, right? Sure, I start puking bile and my neck turns all the way around. Fuck, I would kill for that flexibility. Um, the numerology number 42 is a nurturing number, primarily focused on individuals, family, and community. The number resume- resonates. With a pragmatic approach for assisting individuals. See, that's exactly what I'm doing. Joe Coy is an individual. I am assisting him and letting him know that he fucking bombed last night. Jesus. You fucking tanked. That was a bomb. You bombed. And you can blame the writers and maybe you're right, Joe. And you can blame the lack of preparation time. That, that one I'm calling bullshit on. It doesn't, I mean, you got to write a 10-minute monologue. You've got 10 days to do it? That seems like enough time to write what you wrote? I, I, I'm pretty, if you put Todd Glass in there. Hey, Todd, you've got 10 days to write jokes, a 10-minute monologue for the Golden Globes. Dude, do you know how fucking funny that monologue would be? Gaffigan. again. Ten days, and then host the Golden Globes. You got to write jokes, write a ten-minute monologue. You got ten days. Do you know what a home run Gaffigan would hit? I don't. I'm not buying the whole. I didn't. I didn't have time. Ugh, fuck off. Give me ten minutes. I'll write an Oppenheimer joke. Actually, let's. Oh shit, we're talking big game. Let's write a joke right now. Let's write a let's write award ceremony uh, joke right now. Let's do it. Well, if I would have gone up behind him, uh, if I would have accepted award for Oppenheimer, I would have gone up there and be like, "Wow!" And just when I thought that Oppenheimer featured the biggest bomb. Uh, in cinema this year, we get Joe Coy's monologue. Damn, right there. See, right there, you turn the tables on him Someone should have done that. Maybe they did. I don't know. Um, I mean, and that's a that's a T-ball joke. That's low-hanging fruit. But if you're a celebrity and you're not a comic, it's right there. If I was in or Glass, I would have been like, psst, 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 "Roast them. and then they would have. I would have roasted them. Um I mean Taylor Swift is not even in film. Why is she there? No wonder she was like just sipping her champagne when that joke hit. She's like I'm not in any movies. I'm not, you know, I got paid a lot of money by the Academy to come here and show face. I had no urge to come to this fucking piece of shit that I don't care about. You know, and the Academy's like, oh, thank you for coming. We'll get some eyeballs. We'll get some of the Swifties to watch the Golden Globe. And then she shows up and some comic and, and reads a teleprompter where she gets a joke about her being at the NFL. And the joke didn't land, but at the same time, if I was Taylor Swift, you know, and and trust me, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, all right? On this podcast, I have accused Taylor Swift of killing a man, which I'm pretty sure she did. She ran a homeless man over with her Hummer and then um, tried to pay off the family, but found out the homeless guy didn't have a family, so they just dumped her his body in a canyon. And Taylor Swift, you know, I made this wild accusation about her, so I'm not, I have no allegiance to Taylor Swift, But I kind of agree with her. She gets paid all this money. Please come. We would love to have you. We'd love to have you. And they're just begging her to show up to the Golden Globes. And then she shows up. And then they're like trying to take pot shots at her. I'd have been like, fucking blow me. I'll buy this building right now. I'll lock the doors and I'll burn it down with everybody in it. I don't give a fuck. I rule the world. So I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I kind of like what Taylor Swift did there. If she would have faked laughed, I would have been like, oh, God damn it, Taylor, why? But she didn't. She looked right in that fucking camera, took a sip of her champagne, said, fuck this shit. Hell yeah. sarahscoop.com, one of the ugliest websites in the history of websites, 42. The number 42 is significant numerology because it is a combination of the numbers 4 and 2. Wow! Thank you, Sarah Scoop. Um, when the, the number 4 represents stability, security, grounding. The number 2 represents balance, harmony, cooperation. When these two numbers are combined, they create a vibration that encourages growth and change. Well, goddammit, what numbers don't? represent change. Every new number. I was like, 21 represents change, growth. 27, this is a number that represents change and growth within change. 42, it represents change, and also it happens to represent a bit of growth. Well, cool. Wow. So, like, do you talk straight to God about this kind of information, or how do you get it? It's crazy how you know this. When these two numbers are combined, to create, yeah, yeah. the ancient Babylonians, the Christian tradition, and the king of Ahaziah of Judah even wrote about the power of numerology. Um, if you were thinking about starting a family or buying a new home, the number 42 would be a good one to consider. Even though it's not an odd number, it holds a lot of power. Tarot numerology can answer a lot of unanswered questions, blah, blah, blah. If you keep seeing the number 42, right, you're listening to this podcast, you're like, there it is again. What the fuck? Fifth time I've seen 42 today. Now it's on this fucking asshole's shitty podcast. What the fuck is going on? If you keep seeing the number 42, it could be a sign that you need to make some changes in your life. So if you're listening to this podcast because you just saw the number 42, get your shit together. The fuck is wrong? Come on. And not just a couple of changes. You don't have to make a couple of tweaks. All right, If you've been seeing the number 42 and you're listening to this podcast because of 42, bro, you need a radical transformation. You need to do a full 180. Even the shit that you don't think you need to change, that you need to change first if you're sitting there and you're looking in the mirror like, well, I kind of like that about me. I should keep that. But he said, no, no change it all. Change it all. Is your hair blonde? Dye it brown. Are you bald? Get a wig. Do you have hair? Shave it off. You know, get your shit together, dude. You fucking suck, man. And if that's what the number 42 is trying to tell you, that's good. That's, that's God. That's the cosmos. Being like this guy's a fucking this guy sucks. Dude, this guy's a piece of. Sh- <laughs> have you have been watching this guy. It's just fuck. This guy's fucking up left and right. Holy shit. Dude, this guy no. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, this guy sucks. Like he's bad. He's bad. Right, we get some we we should tell him, man. Eh? We let's tell him. 42. 42. 42. Hey, dickhead. 42. And then you're like, all right, I, I'll change. Um, hey, a fun fact is that the atomic number of the element uh, molybdenum is 42. <laughs> Even the little things hold molybdenum. All right, well, let's see what that is. Molybdenum an essential trace mineral that occurs naturally in foods and is available in supplements. Oh, shit. It's a component of four different enzymes in the body that help break down proteins, alcohol, drugs, and toxins. Funny that it's found in supplements because guess what? I've been in the gym lately. Look at that forearm. I'm getting fucking jacked, dude. Jacked. And you know why that forearm is so jacked? Because I'm trying to work out my biceps. I've got terrible form. Look at that bicep. That's forearm is as big as that bicep it's just all off maybe that's just the camera angle no man that's the fucking god damn it i have terrible form dude every time the other day i was doing curls on like the rope thing right and i'm like yeah we gotta get these biceps going fuck yeah oh shit and then i come home the next day my forearms are just so sore my bicep could not be more comfortable So I was just like getting, I was just working on my forearms the whole time. You know, my biceps was like, we didn't feel it. What did you do? We didn't feel anything there. So I just wasted, I just wasted my time. You know, but we're getting on the bench. It's a slow, steady progress. Progress. We're working out. It's good. I like going to the gym. I do. Still uncomfortable when there's a bunch of other dudes there. It still makes me feel uh, like I'm in a high school gym class. I don't like it. I don't like it. Leave me the fuck alone. That's why. Um, and and everyone's cool there. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's super cool. Everyone's super chill. That's all my bullshit. But uh, I like working out when there's no one in the gym. Two other two and three other fucking loner weirdos in the corner. We're literally just, if they're not looking at the piece of equipment that they're looking at, they're looking right at their own feet or in their phone. That's me, and that's how I like other people to be around me. Let's not look at each other. We're not looking at each other. We're not talking to each other. These guys were talking to each other yesterday. I'm like, shut, stop that. Stop talking, stop having, what are you, what are you laughing about? We're in here, we're, we're working out our insecurities. There's nothing to laugh about. We should all be crying. That's what the gym is for, lifting weights, crying, and occasionally screaming through breaking a mirror or two, but um, yeah, that's why I like going to the gym when it's late. I like going to the gym when no one's there, the pervert hours, you know what I mean? The weird loner, like, why are you going to the gym now? Two o'clock in the morning, you go in there, someone else is in there, and they look, you're like, And you're both just weirded out because you both think each other is either a serial killer or a pervert. But really, you're just, you you like your alone time. That's what I like. And when no one else is there, I don't have to compare myself to anybody else. You know what I mean? It's just me. If I'm the only one in the gym, then I'm the most ripped guy in the gym. I win, I'm the alpha dog. I don't have to look at other guys mean mugging me and being like, am I going to have to kill this man? So that's what I like about it. There's a weird stereotype about Jack dudes in the gym just being dickheads. Every time I've gone to the gym that I go to, the Rip dudes and stuff, they could not be more helpful. They could not be more nice and like accepting of like, all right, hey, man, got to start somewhere. Even my buddy Mike Green. Mike Green got me into the gym. This guy is ripped. He's shredded. I wouldn't say he's jacked. Well, he's he's kind of jacked. He's not roided up muscle jacked, but he is, you know, he's cut. He's cut. That's the word. Mike Green is cut. The man is cut. And I don't know. I think there's a, an uh, unfair stereotype among fat asses that thinks that cut guys are naturally just going to be dicks and naturally snub their noses at uh, pudgy people. Not the case. Not the case. Not from my experience. From my experience, the second you get your fat ass into the gym, everyone's like, fuck yeah, you made it. Let's do this shit. Let's fucking go. We're doing it. You know, Everyone's very helpful. I like it. I like it. So I got no problem. So, And props to Mike Green. Mike Green was always encouraging. In fact, you know, he should start a um, some sort of physical training program. You don't need to know that much about the body. He's just like, dude, you want to see my credentials? You want to see how I'm qualified? Lift up that shirt. Show those fucking washboard abs. Be like, all right. So listen to me, fat ass, and I'll take you to fucking ab town that's what Mike should be doing. He could be making hundreds and hundreds of dollars a year doing it. Um and but he was good. He was good with it. He was encouraging. He was like, "Hey man, even when we had a shitty workout," he was like, "Hey, better than nothing." You know? He'd be like, "One more, one more." Encouraging, but not pushy. If I want to give up, I'm going to give up. He understood that. But he would try to get you to not give up. But once you're like, "I'm giving up," then he'd be like, "All right, give up. Not a big deal." Which is all I need. All I need. Sometimes you have to give up. Everyone's like, don't give up. Sometimes it's like, I'm giving up today. I am giving up. I failed. Today I failed. Tomorrow I'll try again. Today I'm going to be a fat ass. Today I'm going to do one push up. Say, fuck This And I'm going to go and I'm going to make a clubhouse sandwich that uses pancakes as bread. And I'm going to use the entire bottle of mayo. And I'm going to use cheese um, from all corners of the world that have been genetically modified to increase their fat content. And then we'll wake up in the morning, we'll have a glass of water and we'll try it again. Don't be afraid to give up. Sometimes it's a be patient with yourself. Healthy. Anyways. I feel like I've just been fucking rambling for 58 minutes. Jesus Christ. We'll see if this is even listenable content at the end of the day. I might have to flush this whole podcast down the goddamn shitter and do another one tomorrow which we will not do. We will never do that. Not one of my podcast episodes has ever been edited or um, cut uh, or, or edited for content in any way. The only time I've ever paused a podcast to take a break was to take a piss break, and that was an emergency. And I'm almost coming up on an emergency now. We're not doing that again. And I've only done that a handful of times. Zero edits here. This is all me. This is all off the top of my fucking dome. You understand? No notes. No preparation. And we're getting better at it. This podcast is going to blow up. And if you're not on the ground floor, I will crush you with the heel of my boot, as I stated at the top of the podcast. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? That is the podcast today. That's it. That's it for this thing. Shout out. What am I shouting out? Well, I made the egg skillet again yesterday. I was bragging to the, on the Patreon about the egg skillet. My version of the egg skillet. You just fry a bunch of potatoes, put some vegetables in there. We're eating healthy this year. And we had a great week. We're really starting. But here, you know what? Here's a different shout out. Shout out to not eating at all. Today's Monday. Today's my fasting day. All I get is coffee with a bit of cream in it. A bit of cream. And we're like, that's not a true fasting. That's not really fasting. Shut up. Is yes, it is. Is cream a uh, solid? No? Then shut up. Um. But yeah, I, I, I had a couple of friends that I told that I, I fasted from occasionally. Like I'll just go a whole day without eating and blew their minds. Like so, dude, you can't do, dude, dude. You're starving yourself, man. You can't fucking do that, dude. People need food. It's like, bro, I've got fucking fifty pounds to lose. I think I'll survive. All right, I'm not, you know, about to be on a poster for Bergen in over here. Okay, I'm a, like literally, I've um, my I can afford to skip a day without food. I haven't eaten today yet. I'm not even hungry people don't fast enough anyways the point being if, you know fasting helps you throw in a day here you throw in a day there once a year maybe you do a 3 day fast that's a big one guys are doing 7 day fasts man i've done a 14 day fast one time that's my record 14 days that was that was not healthy that was the first couple of days were good Around day eight, it started to hurt. And my plan was to go 28 days because I was a fucking idiot. You understand? Complete moron thinking that I could go 28 days. That was bad. By day 11, I was literally, I would put seasoning salt, just a little pile of seasoning salt into my hand, and I would lick it out of the palm of my hand, and it was the most glorious thing I had ever tasted. And I made it to 14 days. And then at midnight on the 15th day at 12 o'clock, I made myself a soup and a sandwich. And I shat it out within 45 seconds. And it was delicious. And I lost a lot of weight. I lost a ton of weight. Probably 15 pounds. I went from 189 to 174. And within three months, I was up to 200 That fast really drained all semblance of a will I had to really lose weight. Within three months, I just hit the booze and I hit the uh, burgers real hard after that. I was like, I got a bit of room. I fasted for 14 days. This is just water weight. I just got water weight. This is just me eating the food. It's just water weight. It's like, dude, you've had 72,000 calories this week. I don't know how much of that is water. That's not water weight. That's stuffed crust weight. You fat ass. You gained it all back. you you're sick. You went through all that pain. For what? Nothing. For nothing. So this year is a little different. I am fasting for one day, but no more extreme diets. No more fad diets. I'm going on YouTube. Everyone's talking about macronutrients and fucking this and that. And the, to a certain point, just, Watch the carbs a little bit. You'll be fine. You have to make lifelong, sustainable changes. I don't want to go on the juice diet or the carnivore diet. The fucking Jordan Peterson diet. He's like, I have one uh, lean steak and a glass of sparkling water for every meal. And uh, really, it keeps my brain sharp. Oh, man. Oh, boy. You better believe that that steak and that sparkling water keeps my brain sharp. Okay, good for you. You look sick. You look gaunt, Mr. Peterson. And no, that's not to say. It it might work for him. It might work for you, Dr. Peterson. But um, for me, I need some taters. I need a bit of bread. And I think it's going to work out for me. I think I'll just be just fine as long as I don't eat like an asshole. 16-inch clubhouse pizza. It's even like two bricks of cheese in one sitting, which is what I was doing on over Christmas. That can't continue. That's not sustainable either. You go too hard on the being a fat-ass lifestyle, you're not going to make it. You go too hard on the health thing and the, the weight loss thing, you're not going to make it. But we have a nice sustainable path here. And I don't think it's unhealthy to throw in a day where you don't eat anything. So shout out to fasting. Give it a shot one time. Listeners at home. Even if you have zero weight to lose, just for one day. Just go a day without eating anything. You'd have more energy than you think, really. It's not as hard as you make it out to be. Um, Sometimes you have more focus. Yeah, You have more energy. Sometimes on an empty stomach, you drink so much coffee, you're jittery. It's like you did a bump of Coke. And you get attached to the feeling. You really enjoy that feeling. And so you keep chasing that feeling. You keep chasing it and chasing it. But you don't always want to fast. Sometimes you had pizza. You just ate four pizza pops. But you want that kind of empty stomach jittery feeling. So you make some coffee. But even that doesn't do it. So you're like, oh, fuck. I know who I'll call. And you call your guy. And you go and you pick up a bag. Now you're doing coke like you're fasting get into it um next shout out to we had a new patreon subscriber one fucking person in this goddamn planet has a brand and he signed up for the patreon because he saw me at rumors restaurant and comedy club and he liked it so shout out to him man And shout out to the rest of you who refuse to do the right thing, the smart thing. Um, You'll come to your senses yet, though. But shout out to Tyler Schultz at Rumors and shout out to Chris Locke, who's going to be in town tomorrow. If you're watching this uh, within five days of the day that I post this or six days or a week uh, and you're wondering what to do, go check out Chris Locke at Rumors restaurant comedy club one of the funniest students one of the funniest dudes in canada very unique style of sense of humor and just a good time he's just a good time guy so uh yeah go check him out oh that bicep's a little bigger there's a big uh there's a better uh bicep to forearm ra- ratio this one's a little off probably because it's my right arm you know what i mean Uh, And last but not least, shout out to our closing song today. It's a song called Lead Paint by the band Acid King. Acid King, one of the first stoner doom bands I ever listened to. And Lead Paint is one of the first songs that they ever released. And it's a good one. Back in my depression phase, I used to smoke marijuana a lot. And some Friday nights and... um, Saturday nights I would have nothing to do nothing I had no friends I really had you know reached the limit of YouTube and conspiracy theories at the time I had nothing to do so I would get my marijuana I would pick up some coffee and I would hop in my car and I would just drive around the city sometimes I would drive to the country and I would just drive high as a marijuana addict And um, I would listen to Stoner Doom. I would listen to a lot of Electric Wizard. I would listen to a lot of Bong Ripper. I would listen to a lot of Bongzilla. I would listen to a lot of Sleep. And I would listen to a ton of Acid King. So this is Acid King. This is a song Lead Paint. And that's the podcast. Gosh darn it. I love you. God knows I do. I love you. I love you. I always have. I always will. And can't nobody stop me. All right? Patrons, I'll see you on the weekend. You guys, I'll see you next week. Unless you do the right thing and sign up for the Patreon. Sign up for it. Join the cause now before we have to execute you. (sighs) And See, and I know because when you're like, you know, it's so stupid. You have a sign, a chance to sign up for the Patreon, right? And let's say you don't sign up for the Patreon. I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm gonna, You're going to be on your knees in front of the mass grave, and I'm about to put a bullet in your brainstem, and you're going to be like, please, please don't, please don't. And I'll be like, what do you mean please don't? You saw the episode. You saw episode number 42, and now you're crying. I don't, you know, you got to help yourself, man. So don't come crying to me when that happens. But uh, I'll see some of you there. I'll see some of you on the weekend. And I'll see all of you in hell.